Episode 167 of Three Songs Podcast, July 28th, 2021. Bob Nastanovich from his porch in Des Moines and Mike Hogan uh, from his dining room table in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Bob. Hey, nice to be here, Mike. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's going on in Portland? Anything good? Uh, I don't know. It's, you know Tough question. We're right in the midst of summer. It's, um, you know, we haven't had extraordinary heat lately, so it's this is this is the this is the prime summer Portland weather where we get weeks on end of, you know, high seventies, low to mid eighties sun. Uh, this is this is kind of what you live in this city for. Sounds delightful. Yeah, it's great. How about you? What's, what's going Are on with you, man? Are things going on around the city? Um, a little bit. They're kind of starting to open up, but, um, you know, they're also starting to also, I don't know, I guess, not not close up at the same time, but, you know, we're starting to see more masks coming back. Which is oh, sure. Of, but that's the way yeah. it goes. But yeah, in general, yeah. they're trending towards opening more than. We what about that concert series at that outdoors at that music <sighs> store that we talked about? Sadly, they put a pin in that at least for this year. I think. Um, really? So that all those great plans have gone awry. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to speak. The one for, chap from uh, Thinking Colors is not going to come play outdoors in Portland. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't want to speak for. Uh, Eric from Mississippi Records, but the sense that I got was he, he, he started feeling like it was getting bigger than what he'd originally planned, and maybe it was a year premature for something of that stature. So, yeah, maybe look for it in 2022, um, but in the meantime, there are, there are bands coming through. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and sooner or later there will be indoor live music shows happening regularly here. How about how about where you are? So I think we have these um indoor music shows. I mean there isn't there aren't that many venues and this is in Portland. Um, I will say that Odd Pets are playing this Friday night at a bar down the road for free with the Vaudevants, another good band from Des Moines. Um, at the Des Moines Yacht Club, which is ten, twelve blocks from here. If if I were there if, I would go. You know. Oh, you'd have a good time. Yeah, you yeah. dig the odd pets, and I think you—I think you would dig the Bottomonts. Yeah, and a couple other bands on there. So, um, then there's like a larger club where they have like, um, you know, the kind of shit that you and I wouldn't want to go to, like Ario Speedwagon tribute bands and Bob Seger tribute bands and like the like. And um, so you can pay, you know, twenty dollars to see like. 
a bunch of you know capable musicians playing really bad covers that kind of <laughs> shit that's going on um i think i've seen the like list of rules um yeah i don't know how they do it i mean you know you wouldn't know until you walked in really yeah. you know what i mean so i know what you mean um so i haven't seen any live music myself but um they have every friday night where i work at gray meadows at the races they have you know, it's a big, it's a racetrack, so there's a big apron, and they have ungodly poor cover bands. Although the band that played last week actually kind of was like a, they played some pretty cool, like, um, as far as I could tell, mostly original, like, funk and soul. And they actually brought, like, a cadre of um, their supporters with them, and, and I think people really enjoyed that. Uh, but usually it's your kind of, like, state fair, uh, mall metal, um you know, White Snake, Rat. <laughs> um, yeah. Folk music for the, for the high school parking lot set, huh? Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, it's just like, I think really what what, what people want to hear um, in that type scenario for free is like more like modern country or R&B. Like, I can't believe like um, that they would want to hear mall metal it's yeah. kind of depressing because like, it happens right below my desk so it makes my job really hard um <laughs> there's one guy that comes like once every four weeks that and keep in mind i've never actually seen any of these musicians the stage is right below four floors four floors below my desk and um just makes it kind of difficult but it's like throughout the course of the night it's um depressing to think that people who know how to play really well would like spend so much time learning how to play songs that even in their original form were, you know, would draw puke from most mouths. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Um, that yeah. happens every Friday. And then actually the disturbing thing is usually when I'm over with it on Friday, cause we run on, we, we have our races on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, usually like, okay, I got Friday out of the way, but now, now like they're starting it on Saturday. I mean, the last three Saturdays I've had it. So it's like a different kind of, it's a more benign virus um, that's been spreading, <laughs> hmm. but it's a, uh, it's still viral um, <laughs> in its own disgraceful way. But anyways, odd pets playing from Brookership records. Um, you know, we cool. have Lucy Arnell EP in the pipeline now. And that's um, right. Yeah, actually had a pretty interesting experience this week, brokers tip wise. I had a guy um, runs a very large record store in Kyoto um, who wanted me to send him um, thirty copies of the Holiday Sidewinder seven inch that I put out and twenty copies of the Dosh twelve inch that I put out. And I was like, this is just awesome. You know what I mean? And um, but the way he wanted to do it was they have this, like, um, what's the company called? DHL, the Worldwide Shipping Company. Yeah, yeah, yep. So that made sense to me. Like, you drop ship the records. You just prepare the package, and, like, DHL comes and picks it up. Right. But, like, instead of doing, like, any of the multitude of typical payment systems he had, in order for me to sell him the records, I had to give him all of my bank information, like my account number, my routing number, and all this, and I was just kind of uncomfortable doing that. 
Right. Right. Like some I mean, sort I would, of bank I would, I would give it thing. to you, Mike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and nothing against this guy, like sure. as far as I can tell, judging by his website, and this is how he does business. But like, I'm uncomfortable giving all of my banking information to somebody that I don't know. Right. Right. Are you like like if the same thing happened uh, to little brother? Would you be un- made, made uncomfortable by that? Or yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Like, because there are there are services that do that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's you know. And like you said, it just saves us a lot of money versus PayPal yeah. and Venmo or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, well, what if I just like knock off $25 and why right. can't we do PayPal? Right. 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 Exactly. To mitigate your I, risk. Yeah. And then, and then I never heard from the guy again. Huh. So huh. That, hmm. that even made me feel like better, better about it. Like I even thought about like taking all of my money out of my checking account and moving it to a different account <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah, i know what you mean but like, can boy you imagine making this like deal like with somebody and then like you know like and then sending a like having all these records leave your house with dhl shipping and then like you know going to like get 200 dollars cash out of your you know machine like realizing there's no money in your checking account right I mean, right yeah but do you see my point I am see, i being crazy i see your point no not being crazy I totally so it's a very it. difficult decision for a label like mine where, like, you know, we sell one or two records a week, just like Little Brother. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. obviously new bands are touring. It's particularly hard to sell vinyls that have already been made and, you know, and whatever. And um, so, I, obviously, I was incredibly excited about moving the records because it would be a huge thrill to have, you know, those two great artists and those two great records that they put out being sold in japan where i think they both must have an audience or this guy wouldn't have approached me in the first place mm-hmm. right so i'm gonna continue and like to pursue it um i've actually packaged up the records um and hopefully yeah we can work out something but i'm not gonna give somebody all of my bank details don't give your don't give your banking information i'm sure there's something that can be worked out there's, there's but you wouldn't be... do it but you wouldn't do it either right so no, i'm not crazy no i okay I wouldn't do it. Um, all right. Well, let's play some music. Uh, you brought three songs. No, no. I'd rather talk more about my... my... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyways, it's extremely hot here. I'm happy that it's calmed down in Portland because that makes a little bit more sense in your summertime. Yeah. Um, it's normal hot here. Um, when you guys were cooking at 115 or whatever, um, that was insane. It makes sense right now that it would be like 90 degrees. It was like high 98 today. This, this is our hot period. And it's not like, you know, I grew up in Virginia and Louisville and stuff, and it was hotter than hell with 100% humidity. And it's worse there, but we could use the storm to break up shit. But like, so, like, I guess I've been listening to a lot of hot weather music, is what I'm trying to say. I like um, it. And um, I discovered an artist um, just in the last month um, who is. Actually, I think I'm playing two artists tonight, which would fall into the unknownest category of like um, things that are, I think, you know, not only largely unfamiliar to me, which is not a big deal, but um, largely unfamiliar to to the people that listen to the show and and whatever. Um, I'm going to play a woman. I think it's our first visit ever to the Virgin Islands. Ooh, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to take us to St. Croix. Have you ever been to St. Croix? I've never been to St. Croix. I'd love to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to go, too. I've got actually um, my cousin Stefan lived there for a long time, and my parents made it down there, but never went. But 
Um, be fun, you know, to be in St. Croix someday. But they have a there's a, a very intriguing artist who just has a handful of singles. And when I say that, I think that they're not actually. I don't think she actually has a vinyl. I think they're only available digitally. Mm. And she's sort of like um, making kind of an impact on. You know, it's it's. Will you tell me what you think? I mean, it's it's, okay. it's hip hop. It's like modern yeah. music. It's hot weather music. She like I like the way she sings about a lot of refreshing drinks. But this song is called um, Why a Waste W I Y A H Waste W A I S T. And this is Bush Tea. We'll talk about it after I pl- after he plays it. When I'm local, link the mobile, let we link up. Marco Polo, cruising the night like a Jumbi Moco. Mm, there's a wet fat. Mango we loco. Dessert pick a mango, ripe sweet. One plate full of rice and peas. And a king fish boneless, please. Brock, brock, twist up the trees. Bad bass, wicked, fly low. Ben over, pick up, stylo. Come line with your chick at the disco. Rock it, walk and wind it to the sickest calypso. Why 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 are we is? Why For sure. Well, and and when you said hip hop, um, I wasn't expecting it to be so laid back. Like, there's a very easy laid back feel to it, Uh, and maybe it's that's the the Caribbean feel. Steel drum, um, yeah, yeah, very rhythmic. Uh, Yeah, she has like six songs out there. She's got a Bandcamp page and 
like she's got videos. I mean, like they're pretty amazing videos. So there's like, in terms of their, I mean, they're bombastic. And um, Waya, you know, is um, a word that I'm unfamiliar with. Waya, W I Y A H. Um, so for the premise of doing this program, I looked it up, and like the Urban Dictionary version of Waya is a strong and independent woman who doesn't seek for a man's attention. Hmm. And um, so I think it's like, you know, and the, and the few things that I've read about her is like, she's like, a, she is the feminist rapper of the Virgin Islands. So more power to her. Yeah. Um, the door cool. is open for her at both Little Brother and um, Broker's Tip if she ever <laughs> wants to make a vinyl. Um, the, and I'll speak for you on that. Sure. On, on, on your behalf. Uh, Bush tea is an interesting thing. Bush tea is like, um, are you familiar with Bush tea? Uh, I'm not. I'm going to guess it's slang for something alcoholic. No, no, no. It's a non-alcoholic beverage. It's like okay. this uh, medicinal tea drink that comes in hundreds of different varieties in not only Jamaica, but all throughout the Caribbean and Africa. Huh. Um, you, it can be made with like sour sop, um, ginger, obviously, mint. I mean, like, just like... I spent 15 minutes looking at bush tea recipes on the internet about five <laughs> hours ago, and there's like 60 different ones. I mean, you could essentially, wow. in a city like Portland, that's cool, um, you could we could open a, a store called Bush Tea and make like 40 different versions. Let's do Maybe it. we should do that. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Move on, move on yeah. down, Bob. Yeah, move on homestead. over. We'll set it. We'll just we'll just serve like you know fancy tea, and then like we'll yeah. have Bush Tea come herself come play once a year. There you go. Yeah, the place is going to be good, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. I'm there. Sign me up. Yeah, so you dug that, right? You dug that. Right? I did. Oh, totally. Uh, and yeah. she only has okay, a handful you know, she... of songs out, huh? Yeah, and they've all got like you know videos and stuff. And, like she hasn't been heavily listened to on. The streaming stuff that I've seen, she's got a, and it's all from the last three years. Mm-hmm. And, um, how'd you stumble upon her? I'm not really even sure, to be honest. I'm trying to figure that out. It had something to do with, um, well, to be honest with you, Mike, it had something to do with, uh, you know, these times that I'm up late at night between one and one and four in the morning and just like doing these, like, you know, perhaps for the purposes of this show or buying records and mm-hmm. or whatever, like um, just these kind of like musical discovery things where it's yeah. just like you just kind of. Yeah. So one thing leads to another and one thing leads to another. I mean, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like obviously not that many musicians have kind words to say about um, streaming services and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, but compared to the way that you know, you and I are used to buying music, which is going to record stores, flipping through, reading fanzine reviews or music reviews, um, using listening stations and stuff like that. Like you can sit here on the, on your phone or device or whatever. And you can like listen to like 800 different bands in four hours if you want. (laughs) Right. Right. It's true. Uh, So, so I mean like from like, so like the musicians all say they're, getting ripped off but like are they really in a lot of ways because like otherwise like 
at least two of the artists, well, it's definitely two of the artists that I'm playing on the show tonight I never would have heard, probably. Right, right. Yeah, it's that and then trade-off. I, in the case of, of, like, a large percentage of, of them, if I really dig it, then I dig deep and I buy their product. Right. Yeah, it's that... It, Specifically it, on vinyl. It you know? totally is that trade-off of the exposure, and with the exposure comes very little pay, um, but there's that expectation or hope that that's going to lead to someone like you, who I would I would argue you are in the minority, Bob. Most people that are discovering music or even, you know, like get served music they might like via the algorithm, most of them are not going to actively seek out ways to support the artist. It's just, they're just not, you know. Some will, a portion will, and that's great. But, um, yeah, I just wonder how much... I'm just going to say that, like, um, I think you're right. I'm, you know, I think you're definitely correct. Um, At the same time, I would say that of the... 60 records I've bought since the pandemic started. 48 of them I've discovered through streaming services. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. That's great. I mean, I will say this, too. It's flattened a lot of the communications with artists and bands making records. You know, some of the bands I've played on the show, some of the artists I've played on the show are ones... I, I don't know if I'd say I discovered them. It was I'd be more likely to to discover them via blogs or recommendations by people that I know or follow on social media, uh, whose whose tastes I respect. Like um, Tracy Keats Wilson. Like Tracy Keats Wilson. Like, what do you want to name some of your other sources? Yeah, you know, sure. I mean, you know, my buddy Bob Ham, who was a guest yeah, on the yeah, show. You've met, yeah. Um, uh, Mark Masters certainly I've uh, you know um, been exposed to some of his stuff. Um, yeah, you know Mike McGonigal. I'm sure you yeah. know him. Um, Chemical Imbalance yeah. now now Maggot Brain um, and even just oh like, I think it's the actually like the 50th anniversary of Maggot Brain itself. Oh the album right, right now it is today yes. yeah yes um, yeah. and uh, you know so so that's where I tend to find. A lot of the music that I play, but but I think one of the nice things about it is when you find an artist, especially a more obscure artist that you really like, there is a barrier broken down where you can actually communicate with them, interact with them, and reach out and say, you know, I really appreciate your record. I've been really enjoying it, and you you, you know, there's a really good chance you're going to get a response. And I think that was much harder years ago um it was slower it was via mail um but yeah a lot of it was postcards postcards I mean, like, um, yep as a member of pavement yep. like um yeah and then maybe you, know, you get a response back from the artist um yeah like um scott camberg um his house in pavement was pavement headquarters for a long period of time like all the way through like halfway through our existence in the 90s so like you know we would be away from each other for several months and there'd be like you know a lot of mail and we would spend um you know a lot of time responding to it um you know mostly via postcard in fact um and david berman would do the same thing in fact 
a lot of people have, you know, posted postcards that they got from David. So he would spend a lot of time, like, um, you know, so, like, you know, that was, like, and I, I think that, I mean, I haven't written that many bands. Right. Um, I, know, I, know, um, I know from knowing um, Britt from Slint really well in the early 90s when I lived together with him, like, that, you know, his parents' house, 1864 Douglas <laughs> Boulevard, actually, they still live there. Um <laughs> I don't know if we should give that out. Well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, Charlotte, Charlotte and Ron are cool with it. You show up at Charlotte and Ron's house, you're likely to get a nice meal. Like, oh, you heard Brett's music. Like, you know, the loveliest people, fantastic people. But, like, it's all the fan mail would come to that house. Right, Just like all the payment fan mail would come to the Canberg parents' house. Right. You know? Right. Because that was. And, you know, we'd get. That was the house, that, the address that was listed on Tweez, right? Yeah, and well, yeah, and then also um, on Spiderland and Pavement's case, it would yeah. have been on on just about every record. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's Early cool. days, you know. So, so yeah, so yeah, social media and all that stuff makes it a lot easier for artists, you know, quicker. Yeah, for um, sure. I just don't think like, and this is getting back to like a, just an overriding point that I feel about music in general, like this maybe especially in this day and age when there's like tens of thousands of interesting musical artists out there and getting discovered is such a struggle. Um, you know, you know, that anybody that's had any success at any point, um, at least during my time in music, like is we're blessed and anybody doesn't feel that way about it. Like, as far as I'm concerned, that's their problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good attitude for sure. I mean, I mean, there's like, if you whine about that, I mean, come on, like, like, dude, listen to your last record. It's not very good. You're lucky you've got any fans sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> How do you really feel? I love it, Bob. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to play another song. I'm going to play a song. I'm going to go back to 1961. This was a song released on... The, the the artist is Barbara George. She's from Oh yeah, you're hitting us with the old school again. I old school from Louisiana. So she would have been yeah. nineteen when she recorded this. She sadly passed away in two thousand six. Um just shy of her sixty fifth birthday. Sixty fourth birthday. Just shy. Yeah. yeah. Um like a week. No prior. air conditioner in that house. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna play a song. Her 19th Ninth Ward, New Orleans. She's Ninth Ward, New Orleans. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, Got washed away in the Katrina. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Brutal. Um, she released only. She released a bunch of seven inches. She released only one LP. Uh, and I'm gonna play a song from that LP, released in 1961. She was 19 years old. Uh, the name of the album is "I Know You Don't Love Me No More." And uh, the one I'm going to play is called I'm in a Strain. Perfect. Barbara George. I'm in a strain. I'm in a strain.
Yeah, just a good classic old soul R&B song, 1961. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, you should double bubble that because. Um, okay. Yeah, you should double, you know, because she's, um, you know, most famous for, I think, her very. I mean, she had like, a huge worldwide hit. Not, I don't know about worldwide, but it was. It was number one, number whatever. It was a, it was a gold record. Okay. Yeah, her um, big, her like she's most known for this song. The, you never heard Barbara George. I, I I know you don't love me no more. The, the yeah, is, the the title track, right? <clears throat> title yeah, track yeah, of that record. Like, you know, huge hit. Um. All right. I. Uh, cool with that. She had you know one of her sons. Um. Uh, was a. Uh, it's Olympic games are going on right now. Um, he was he was a Louisiana Golden Gloves uh, boxing champion. For wow! Older son. All right. Well, here you go. I, I'll 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 follow it with her big hit title track yeah. from her first album, her only album, 1961. Nineteen year old Barbara Joy. No, yeah, I I know you don't love yeah. me no more. Here you go. Barbara George, just short, great little nuggets of soul, R&B, even funk. Yeah. So, so, like, you know, I think a lot of the amazing voices of that era, like hers, were discovered, pulled out of church choirs. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, it, hold on a second. Like, 
um, I don't know thing led to much... another. I got a, I've got a young lady here that can really, that's got amazing pipes. Right. I don't no. know much of her story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have it handy. I don't know why she only released the one record. You know, she released seven-inch singles on up. Um, well, you know, keep in mind this is you know she was a big star in the early '60s. Yep. And um, she had three kids, mm-hmm. and so maybe um, she just dropped out of music and raised a family. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows if she got paid? I mean, like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, who knows how it all worked? I mean, like, you know, it's a di- different era. I mean, like, in every way, shape, and form, for a black artist in the early '60s. Um, yeah. Regardless of their instant success, which she had in her case, like even like um, you know, you got to keep in mind too. Like um, I'll tell you about my friend Gary Smith, who played hockey for eighteen years in mm-hmm. the in the in the NHL. Right. Um, his biggest contract was thirty five grand a year. Um, <laughs> right. My father got drafted to play in the National Football League in in the nineteen fifties, and and he he's you know he's banged up and you know. He his the best player on the team was a guy named Al Jamison that played for the Houston Oilers for six or seven years. And like athletes, um, musicians, um, there wasn't that play for five years, make millions of dollars, retire type thing. Right. So um, I think that's why, like, um, you see musicians not necessarily from that era, but from later eras, like come back now. Um, I can even, even say this. I can only, I can only, I can speak from my own experience. Um, you know, um, you know, the bands we used to go see in the nineties paying 10 or $15 for a show was a lot of money in the nineties. Remember? Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, paying 20 was insane unless it was like an arena show, but I'm saying club shows you played, Five. To, I mean, you yeah. think about all the legendary flyers from right. when we were right. kids. Where right. like you see this incredible lineup of five bands, and like at some at somewhere on the flyer, you see the the entry fee was seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Seven dollars. You can buy them at the record store down the road for seven dollars. You can go to the show and pay nine. Right. I mean, like, I mean, you see anything these days, and like, yeah, you know, twenty twenty five. It's not free. Yeah. Right. I mean, in Portland, like you know, anything in Portland, like what are the what are the clubs in Portland? Name name a couple of like. Um, uh, what's the what's the bunk bar? Like, if you go see bar. a show, the bunk bar. Say right. say it's like 2019 at the bunk bar, and you see three bands there, it's gonna be fifteen bucks, mm-hmm. which is a deal. Mm-hmm. Sure. What's the what's the bigger play? Like, name the next like level up venues. Doug Doug for Mississippi Yeah, Doug Studios. for twenty five. Yeah. 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 Depending on the on the artist, oh. for sure. You know. And anywhere sports is 15 insane. To 25. I mean, sports yeah. is like so drastic. Like, you know, you think about like all the revered athletes um, when we were kids and like, um, you know, young kids and teenagers and stuff. Like, you know, the contracts weren't that big. You know, <laughs> right. no, it's true. And then absolutely playing true. playing goalie without a mask on for like twenty grand a year. Right. Yeah, I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, that kind of. Right, yeah, and so maybe Barbara George just felt like you know her her future was not in music. She put out. She well, put I mean, out her future. I'm sure she kept doing music, but yeah, you know, I mean, she at least, as far as I can see, 
she did a string of singles in the early 60s, you know, that, that album that came out in 61, then she did some, some singles in 62 and 63, then there was a break, she put out one in 68, and then a couple in the early to mid-70s um, that may have just even been, I think they were more just reissues. So as far as I can tell, she didn't really release anything after the mid to late 60s. Well, maybe she just like, um, um, you know, didn't didn't want the spotlight and and wanted to be a good mother. And yeah, in, so entirely possible. Entirely. Obviously, possible. one of her kids turned out to be a champion boxer. Right. I mean, you know. I know. I know very little about her story, but I, I, I know a, a number of her songs, and you know, they're all they're all great examples of early soul and R and B. No. Yeah. A great voice too. Yeah. Um. I think this the point is like regardless of your instant success or any success you had in terms of numbers, like she had a certified gold record, which you just played. It's like who knows how much money there was to be made. So like maybe right. she just like you know performed like um or maybe she just like didn't perform. Who knows? Right. I mean like she she is a mystery and um. So whatever I've rambled on about that for too long. Anyway, I'm going to take us to London. Um, I'm going to play some Sh- Sheila Chandra, um, born in London, of Indian descent. Um, really, sort of interesting story. She was a teenage TV star on a, on a show called Grange Hill on, on BBC, and then in the early '80s, she's started a band called Monsoon with um, two English dudes named Steve Coe and Martin Smith. And they sort of fused um, Western pop and Indian pop. Um, and they they actually had a hit song called Ever So Lonely in, in 1982. I'm going to play a song that um, from some time in the 80s that was put on a release on the indie pop label, um, I-N-D-I-P-O-P in this case, um, which I think is mostly like kind of like fusion, Indian Western pop music. Um, her story is really sort of an interesting one, like the reason why she can't sing anymore, and we'll talk about it after the show, but this is a sort of an amazing song, sounding song to me um, called O period, U period, R period, O-U-R. Thank you. 
and I like the kind of different song structure. It was also pretty slick. Is is a lot of her stuff similar to that? How does it Yeah, I know. No, like you know, it was, you know, she was a TV star and it was like um she was um she was in this band Monsoon and um then she was on this label called Real World. Um her career was like in the 80s and 90s. It's pretty slick. It's pretty clean sounding. Um you know, that kind of stuff. I think it was like big studio stuff. Um, I don't know the extent of her success. I think she's had, I think she had a successful career. Um, I know that like in the early 2000s, she was doing like festivals and stuff. Um, and in 2010, she had to completely retire. She's only a year or two older than me. And she had to completely retire because she suffers from a syndrome, which I'm completely unfamiliar with. Um, called burning mouth syndrome. Hmm. Um, and uh, reading a, about that syndrome suggests that um, it's kind of like, um, not to make light of a situation, but it's kind of like those moments in life where you've eaten like a bowl of like um, really, you've eaten the wrong pepper or okay. you've eaten like, um, a Korean soup that just like is over your head in terms of like spicy, but it's not caused by spicy food. But like, apparently, you can't get this like burning taste out of your mouth, which we're only familiar with when we've eaten like spice food, which is too hardcore for our, in my yeah. case, my white huh. boy mouth. Um, huh. Interesting. I've never um, heard of it. <clears throat> so she had, she actually, and it's apparently caused like extreme dry mouth. It's not life threatening or anything like that, but yeah, no, like there's, um, I actually have a record that's on the way that I ordered. There was released in 2010 on, on I think on indie pop. I'll, I'll tell you when it gets here. Um, but it's like a compilation. That song's actually not on it. Um, her, she made a lot of records, singles and albums in the late eighties and through the mid nineties. And like, yeah, I do think that they were 
slick, but like I don't think anybody really latched. I don't even know. I don't know what her audience was like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She must have had a following, but yeah, no, it was like it was slick. Yeah, it's um, it sounds very polished. Uh, is is a lot of that as rhythmic and I, you know because no. No, okay. Uh, that's that's the one that's like the most rhythmic. That's I've, I've had my music taste described um, recently as primordial. <laughs> um, maybe because of my love of Sanyawa. Yeah, right. Because um, that was the yeah. that's the part of the the song that I latched onto was just kind of the weird rhythms, and uh, her voice is amazing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. So, yeah, anyways, I, check it out, I Sheila. Don't... I think it's Sheila. Chandra, but it could be Chandra, C H A N D R A. I like cool. I, to me, like it. Um, then I'm only familiar with about 15 or 20 of her songs, but like you know, I didn't like I dig them. Nice. Well, so, I'm I'm gonna um, I'm gonna that is sort of a way to like you know, sort of like you know, in England in the 80s and 90s, like not traditional Indian music, but like, you know, kind of like mixing it up with like styles of the day with like a, you know, a talented person who's was, you know, part of the culture. Like, um, yeah. Imagine if she would have played like in Leicester or like a city with like a large Indian population, um, that she had a following. I'm sure in London. That's cool. So very cool. Seems badass. And she's badass. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to New York. You're welcome. Man. You're welcome, Michael. Uh, well, thank you, Michael Thanks, G. Bob. Hogan. Thank you, Robert. Yeah. Um, Robert Andrews Sanders. Uh, I'm going to go New York in the early '80s, uh, and this is a band. So it's the the leader of this band, Robin Crutchfield, was. Uh, also in a band called DNA. So I'm talking about the band Dark Day, uh, which was essentially his project with a number of other rotating folks. Um, Released a couple different records in the early 80s, Exterminating Angel in 1980, and then this album Window in 1982. That's where I'm going to play the song from. It was released on the Plexus label. And... uh, yeah, it's kind of this Plexus. dark dark synth. You know, obviously, if, as a founding member of DNA, he was very involved in the New York no-wave art rock scene. And this is um, yeah. this is a little different from that. This is much more have you like... Any, have you played any DNA? Uh, I don't remember. I may, I, we must have. Um, I'll look while, while no, the song's no, well, playing. As, as, well, check it out. As we're listening to this, like, you know... I'll double check. Maybe you can maybe you can treat treat our listeners to just, a DNA song. If if nothing else, just to show the dichotomy. But yeah, this is this is yeah. from from the 1982 release called A Window. This is the Metal Benders. It's kind of like Dark Day, doing some dark wave synth. You're dichotomous like a hippopotamus. Yeah, here you go, Metal Benders. Yeah. Dark Day. Bring it on, mate. We 
Sorry. Falls into the Dark category day. of music. John the Kent Comet MacArthur would love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dark right day. up his alley. Like, and I almost like actually like, like got up during that song and started dancing like John, which is like kind of a unique dancing style, <laughs> which involves like your hands raised, your arms raised, your hands shaking, and like you know a lot of pointing, a lot of pointing, and singing along. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, Next he would love he... a song that starts off with "We are the metal benders." <laughs> right, yeah. right. As if he was—he's an accountant. He's not even a welder. <laughs> well, next John time, John isn't even listening to the program. Next time, you'll have to take video of of you dancing as John. That'd be easy, yeah. Okay, um, I know all, all of his moves. All these uh, fine athletes. I'm I'm happy to play some DNA. I I in while we were playing the song, I checked. We actually haven't played DNA, which is sort that's of that's what I was going to say. Not not when I keep in mind how many episodes have I missed? Like four, four. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't when know I, if was this like rendered useless. What was I doing? Uh, you were on tour. You were on tour. Oh, was I on tour? Um, tour managing. Yep, that's exactly right. You were on tour. Yeah. Um, so you feel free to slip those in, you know, bring your mates back, you know, maybe one of these days. Um, 
the hammer. I mean, like, you but, know, keep in mind, you can always have a guest on without me on, Mr. you know, Mr. solo three talks, Mr. three Bob pod. Yeah, or we could have a guest with you on. It's just as easy. And that's um, the amazing thing about this program. It's episode one, 167. Michael G. Hogan has engineered all 167 <laughs> of them. You've been here Thanks. for one hundred. I'm, I'm, I'm just like a mere co-host. Yeah. No, come on, Bob. You're you're downplaying yeah. it. The show is no, there is no show without you. Um, no, no, there's been. Yeah. And and uh, do you have a DNA song you'd like to hear, or do you want me to just pick one? Oh, you know, I, I like your, your selections. Mate. Well, I'm not gonna pick one, you know, off the top of my head. Okay, so I will play probably their best known song, which is now best known because yeah. it is the inspiration for the band name um, of a fairly well-known indie band. I'm talking about Blonde Redhead uh, oh. from their... Well, uh, yeah, well, they've been well-known for a long time. Right, so they're named after a DNA song from the Taste of DNA EP 1981. So this was this was recorded and released contemporaneously to when Robin Crutchfield was also doing Dark Day. So he was in DNA and Dark Day at the same time. Um, And this is what it sounded like when he was involved in that. So here you go, Blonde Redhead by DNA. Blonde Redhead by DNA. Yeah. This is what happens when I don't prepare and wasn't expecting to play. No, that's cool. I like that version. That 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 was cool. But but here's the thing: that is from after Robin Crutchfield left the band from 1981. So I'm gonna now jump back to a song from the No New York compilation, which of course was famously produced by Brian Eno, 1978. This does feature uh, Brian Eno is always on the scene. He was. Um, this does feature that's Robin amazing. Crutchfield. Um, Egomaniac's Kiss, so you'll hear some of the, the things, keyboards. The things that Brian Eno has seen yeah. and 
Ardo Lindsay on guitar, amazing. Ardo Lindsay, love the guitar, love the guitar on on DNA. Uh, It's like Elliot Cuball Sharp times ten. That's right. Uh, So here you go, Egomaniacs Kiss. This one does. This one does have Robin Crutchfield on the keys. Yeah. There you go, DNA. Yeah, do you like to be shushed? Shh. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You ever, have, you ever, have you ever been, sh- like, when's the last time uh, somebody said, hey, Mike, shh? Um, you know, my son does that every now and then. When he does, does he? Like, he doesn't yeah, want to hey, talk. Hey, Dad, shut yeah. up. Yeah. No, he'll just be like, shh, shh, shh. Oh, your son tells, your son. Yes. Tells. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Like he doesn't want to talk yeah. about something. I'll be like, you know, tell me about this, or how did you feel when this happened? He'll be like, no, nah, I don't want to. No, shh, shh. Well, that, I like that. He's rather direct, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. because like, I would just be like, you know, not I, I would try yeah. to give you an explanation of why I didn't want to talk about it. So I'd yeah. be like, no, um, he's, it's he's... an effective way of telling people to shut up. Yeah, he's just like, shh. Yeah, I'm gonna try it at work. Okay, I'm do it. Try, I'm gonna try that at work. It's not gonna work no. at work. I've got some people that I work with um, that you know. It's, and one thing is, you're a home office guy, right? Yeah. For at least like yep. the last year, mm-hmm. year and a half almost. Yeah. Do you remember like when, um, even like when you worked at the Daily Racing Forum? Like, was was there people that like when you were ensconced? In doing your work, they would try to talk to you while you're doing your work. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and like, could you effectively like, like, 
that's it. That's a question I have have for you, Mike. Like when you're sitting at a keyboard and you're obviously working, like in my case, like working out mundane details of a program, like right. not even morning line odds, like even doing morning line odds, like the chaos is amazing. Like I affect like the best time for me to do morning line odds at Prairie Meadows Racetrack here in Altoona, Iowa is when the cleaning crew is vacuuming because it means that nobody's <laughs> going to talk to me. It's like a really loud vacuum. And like right. I've almost even suggested um, to myself, but have yet to put it into effect, like just putting headphones on, but that might be just like too extreme. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I think that's yeah, okay. you're, you're so divorced from that's like okay. the public office. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay, you know, but here, here's my question to you, and maybe whatever, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. No, but I like, can't answer any question. You can, you why can do you physically need to be at the racetrack to do morning line odds? Like, I mean, well, you know, because, like, um, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm there 60 hours a week, and so I can do them at home, but, like, the lighting's good, and the okay. computer's really fast. So like, you, whatever, I see your point. Yeah, you're I there, do them all from home. You're there anyway, is, is I guess what you're saying. But, yeah, like, some of those activities are ones Remember, where... Remember, nobody's ever done a good morning line in the history of American... Or in the history of world horse racing, nobody's ever actually done a good morning line. They only well, do bad morning lines. I, you know, I mean, really, like, the job is the morning line maker. <clears throat> Boy, I didn't think we were going to go on this subject. The job is, is not is not to inject your opinion so much. It's it's basically do two things. It's it's to make it mathematically line up and add up to the number of the horses that are in there and what the expected, you know, actual takeout will be. Um, and it's to also identify the way you think the betting is likely to go. Not not who you think is likely to win, but like where the public's money is going to be reflected and so from my standpoint like the as a whiny horse player uh, the the way the the credit the, the criticism i have of morning lines which is whatever it's kind of a minor one is and i think i've mentioned it to you before the six to one morning line is kind of a cop-out of I see it as code for, I don't know whether this horse is going to be three to one or 10 to one. Um, and it's probably third or fourth choice, but could conceivably be sixth choice or second choice. Right? Like there, it gives you flexibility to go enough on either way. You're not really taking much of a stand. So that's one annoyance I have. And then the other is when you get, in an eight horse field, say <clears throat> three horses with the same morning it's a big line. field, so, yeah, or, or or a six horse field where you've got two, you've got a favorite, you've got a second choice, you've got two six to ones and two fifteen to ones, like that's eh, sort of the equivalent of phoning it in, right? Like you can't. You really think two of the horses are going to be exact same odds, and you really think the other two long shots are going to be the exact same odds? Like, that's my only criticism. I think you made some great points there, and you're hired. $25 an hour to make morning <laughs> line. Okay. Yeah. 
Deal. Yeah, you're hired. You're hired. Deal. Um, in fact, if you want to do a card, I'll pay you twenty five dollars. I'll send you the proof, and and I'll have <laughs> you make the morning lines for for an upcoming card at Prairie Meadows Racetrack Casino in Altoona, Iowa. Oh. I'll, yeah, I'll pay you the twenty five dollars. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it'll be fun for you. It'll be a fun because you've never done one. Right? I I haven't. I would need tools. We'll talk about it offline. Tools we'll figure don't it out. Need tools? Yeah, of course. I would need to make sure it added up to like whatever the. No, no, it's all in the system. It's all oh, in okay. the system. No, yeah. there's a guide. Oh, okay. I mean, so like, as long as I have all that, you know, yeah. No, no, believe sure. me, you can do it, mate. Okay. You know, like, you know. All right. Like well, it maybe like if there's like whatever like. How many morning line odds makers are there in the U.S.? Like, um, 79 of us. Oh, is no. there that many, really? Yeah, there's 70. Oh, you got to think about, you know. Yeah. Okay. Easily. Maybe 118. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways, well, that's all. That was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I, 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 like, your points were so mundane. It was fantastic. <laughs> Um, anyways, I was not thinking we were going to dark day was going to lead into that. Well, Robin, yeah. Robin Crutchfield, um, that, that falls in the category of like, you know, anybody could play the keyboard part. Like, and I, I guarantee you that like, um, with the chaos going on around him, like it was cool what he did, but the dark day song was, I'm happy he did dark day. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, and they're a band I think that has been a little bit forgotten because DNA gets a lot of attention. Dude, totally forgotten, totally forgotten. Yeah, um, and it, as you know, kind of leading edge, you know, new wave synth dark wave. I don't even know what you call it. Like they they they're very cool. And I almost played like a six-plus-minute-long instrumental that's very percussive, um, just because I thought you'd like it. But I, I decided to go with the shorter one with vocals. So, okay, so I'm gonna play a song. It's great. Um, now I'm gonna play a six-minute-plus long song. Cool. Is this what the this is what the kids do? Bring it. Um, I got an email. I'm actually gonna read you an email. Okay. Um. From a guy called Sam Regas. Um, this is April 18th of last year. Hi, Bob and family, period, which is Ghost and Whitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Sam Regas from the Bloomington, Indiana slash Cleveland based Avon Pop, in parentheses, or Baroque, psychedelic, cinematic pop, dot, 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 who gives a shit, outside parentheses, cousin duo. So it's Sam Regus and his cousin, whose last name is McDonald. So the band's called Regus McDonald. We're currently rostered on a small UK label, Grumpy Records, and their first record, which is called um, Toward Toward Boyden Vistas, Vistas, um, is on Grumpy. As far as I can tell, electronically, um, but are looking for a change for our upcoming sophomore record. As an admirer of your label's work um, and lifelong pavement super fans, I'll ask, would you find folks at Broker's Tip be open to working with us as we prepare to release our upcoming album? The new record, Hall of Fame Cities, is not yet available online, but I linked a private SoundCloud URL 
It contains a good deal of the record's masters. In parentheses, yes, the songs are long and life is short. Outside parentheses, I also attached a few reviews of our debut record that you're welcome to read. Anyway, if you like Moon River and Harry Flint, F-L-Y-N-T, an equal dose. I'm I'm, I'm unfamiliar with Henry Flint. Are you? Um, Yeah, I'm like vaguely familiar. I I want to say it's more... um, Well, Sam Regis knows who Henry Flint is, okay, okay, or else he wouldn't mention... Please get back to me if you have the chance. I'd love to keep chatting. Thanks a bunch. P.S. As a Cleveland Browns slash Cleveland Cavaliers slash Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians, diehards and owners of many a fantasy league, I think we bring sports obsessiveness, more sports obsessiveness than the vast majority of desperate label-seeking musicians. With us, you get the experimental and the football gambling inclined, if that's any icing on the cake, which is a lovely email. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I responded in kind, and then, like, you know, we've gotten back and forth. And, like, so um, a few months ago, we, uh, um, he, they put up uh, the uh, song on, on their upcoming record, Hall of Fame Cities. And it's a very interesting listen. Um, and we'll talk about it afterwards. This song here is called For the Vein and Leopard, L-E-P-E-R-E-D, For the Vein and Leopard, like as those with leprosy, um, by Regis McDonald.
I think it's very interesting. Ra- um, Regus McDonald. Um, Regus, R-E-G-A-S hyphen McDonald. Two cousins working the Cleveland slash Bloomington access, which those cities are, you know, six or seven hours you know, okay. away from each yeah, other. Sure. Um, Bloomington, which is actually supremely hip. Um, Cleveland, which is, you know, one of the greatest rock cities in American history, whatever. Sure. Um, they are um, 
obviously very talented young men. And, and um, that's current, right? You said that came out last year? That's just now. No, yeah. they just made that in the last several months. Wow, okay. And like, um, Cool. Yeah. Is, They're just like, um, I think one thing about them, which is interesting for, for it to be played after Robin, after Dark Day, Robin Crutchfield and DNA, Robin Crutchfield is that the one thing I would say to them is that I don't know a whole hell of a lot, as we've talked about on the show, about recording music in a studio. And I don't know how they did that, whether it was in a studio or they did it themselves. Mm hmm is that I've heard musicians, I think one thing that you like, like I've been called somebody's into primordial, you do like um, a certain amount of rawness in music. Right. I think that um, it's too compressed. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, the, the the range, the music musically, the range is just kind of not there. It's like kind of all sitting in the middle. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like too compressed. I, I would like, like, if I was like, obviously nobody's asked us to produce a record or mix a record, um, which would be a fun task um, for mm -hmm. us to do, no matter mm -hmm. who it was. Mm -hmm. um, and sort like, we'll do it for twenty five dollars an hour. Sort of like, um, yeah, I was just going to say, sort of like doing a morning line. Fun task. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fun task. Fun task. Um, I just like the compression actually, to me, like hurts the music. Like all the bits that sound too shrill to me, mm -hmm. it's, you know, and the editing and stuff like that. I just think, I think these guys are, are very enthusiastic and very talented. Yeah. I do like the, um, description is cinematic pop, pop. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't even really know what's going on like in a way it kind of reminded me of like you know um arcade fire and um uh, yeah you know the carney by like nick cave yeah. the bad seeds you know that I, kind of thing like it's theatrical right i can kind of see what you mean and I, in some ways uh, what I want is, and I like the song, and I like the structure, but what I want the sound to be like is almost over the top, you know? Yeah, less the, compressed. The, the, the quiet parts to be very quiet, the loud parts to kind of grab you by the throat, you exactly. know? Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's like, I think we're speaking the same language. Yeah. It's over compressed. Yeah, right. So, but it's, you know, the, the talents there. Right. Yeah. And they're an unknownist, you know? Yeah. Sure. I mean, they they have cool. a their record is uh, you can check them out on Bandcamp. Like they're very enthusiastic. I mean, I read the guy's email. Like, and we've kept in touch. Like um, that kind of thing. Um, I don't even know where to send them, but like, um, or how it all works. But I think they're a cool band. I like that. Um, I'm gonna play something similarly current. And something similarly lesser known. I don't know if I'd say completely. Oh unknown. no, no, no! They're being like you're playing. Um, I know what you're playing. You're playing Beethoven's like Beethoven. Yeah, yeah, Beethoven's like way bigger than Regis McDonald's. I guess, but like or Dark Day for that matter. Well, so Beethoven, if you're not familiar, 
It's like Beethoven, but with Babe, B-A-B-E-H-O-V-E-N. Um, they're based out of, you know, upstate New York, I think. They're um, L.A. to yeah, L.A. to New up, York, yeah. upstate New York. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know if they've had any full-length records. Um, I think well, it's... I mean, records, like, is not the way to go. I mean, like, their Bandcamp page is, like, I think they're doing good business. Um, maybe. I don't know. The, the, I'm going to play a song from an EP that came out, a uh, seven-song EP that came out earlier this month, um, I guess 19 days ago on July 9th. And, you know, if you look, I don't know if this is much So it's of... Regis McDonald versus Beethoven. Here we go. These I guess. These two bands maybe should be touring together. Per- perhaps. So this is from an EP called... Nastavi Calliope. Um, yeah. I'm going to play the first track from it called Bad Week. And Great cover art, by the way. Yeah, it's it's like a dog and, a, you know, like a little miniature tea set or something like little. I like that, yeah. yeah they're, they're, perhaps they're drinking um, bush tea. Perhaps. Um, bush tea, yeah. So, you know, like you can see on Bandcamp how many supporters they have. It's like. 30 supporters in three weeks, you know, so. Well, they'll have, they'll have an additional two when this show's done. Perhaps. Um, yeah. But just a really good, interesting record. Um, Great think, looking t-shirt. I think, I think you'll, it's you'll enjoy available it. It's all available at yeah. That's right. Great they have the, the merch. Shirt. The merch really cool they shirt. have is not, you can't buy, they have stickers, they have shirts, they have bags. They don't have any vinyl. Um, so, be that as it may, if anyone's listening. Well, I mean, like, I think that we played Bush Tea, no vinyl. Regis McDonald, no vinyl. Yep. Uh, um, hard to find vinyl by Barbara George. Right. And by, um, by Dark Day. Actually, limited vinyl of Sheila Chandra, because it's the CD era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, DNA vinyl, and you know, pretty basically about price, unless somebody's re-releasing it. Like, oh, yeah, it's, that's that. All the DNA stuff's been reissued, so you can find. Has it? Yeah, has yeah, it done? Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, who does here you that? Go. Who does that? Uh, Superior Viaduct, I think, put out the that that song that I played that that Robin Crutchfield's not on. Um, the yeah. Taste of DNA EP. You can find that. Reasonably priced, but dark day. You can't, can you get that um, on vinyl? Spatterings, hit and miss. Yeah, you can pay. You can but if you if you're willing no to pay. No Christmas you can present for John MacArthur then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll see. You could you can maybe the comment. The comment. Uh, all right. Well, here we go. Beethoven. Here we go. Is, this is bad week. Uh, I had bad week. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of heavy song, but it's a, it's a pretty song too. So enjoy. It's hard to talk about it being a bad week when it's been a bad week for a long time now and it doesn't seem to get better. If it's so hard, then why should I keep going? It shouldn't sound as sad as it does. 
it's kind of heavy. That's Beethoven. Uh, I don't find it heavy at all. Well, I think the subject matter, the lyrical subject matter, is about her brother passing away. Oh, um, it was a bad week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, no, was it? Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. That's heavy, really heavy. Yeah. Right. But, um, but yeah. I can't musically. imagine writing a song about that. Yeah. But, uh, right. The whole album. You know, it's it's. Uh, Can't imagine writing a song. Period. It's it's about grief, um, but it's good. Does she have any like songs that are like not 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 that heavy? Uh yeah, yeah. You know, um, she I mean, she has a song. Um, like you know, my my cousin Terry died today. You know. Yeah, and, uh, she doesn't have anything like that. Um, no, no, well, no, he did die today, uh, but like. Oh, cousin Terrence, yeah, Terrence Callahan. Yeah, he's died. Getting, God rest his soul. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, but uh, I didn't know that was about her brother dying. And preface that it that way. Yeah, I mean, the whole album is is kind of her processing through grief and um, really just all the shit that's gone on you know with everyone in in the past year and a half or so um but yeah she she uh i think she lost her brother uh i think you know i i think she's had some she's had some hard times where she's kind of processing it through 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 her music um yeah so if you don't know that you know it's it's a beautiful song um oh, yeah, but there's pretty. this this kind of melancholy to it even if you're not paying attention to the lyrics yeah. um not I all of her lyrics, st- but I can right. Bit not, hard of hearing. Not all of her stuff is that heavy, for sure. Um, I just want to send us one off on one that's less heavy. Uh, I'll play one that's almost sort of silly. Uh, yeah, play a silly one for God's sakes, Mike. It's it's uh, so how <laughs> funereal. It, 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 this is a song called Asshole. Yeah, here we go. Okay, yeah. so so here's a different side of Babe Hoven. from yeah. from the demonstrating visible difference in height, um, which came out. Otherwise, two- like Regis Regis McDonald should call up you know this young lady from Babe Hoven, like then you know let's Do make a band out of collaboration. Three talented people, for sure. yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll work it out. Three songs pod. We'll do it. Little brother, Burgers tip. You know, we got some talented people out there, very sure. talented people, making interesting music. Let's you know. We're not done yet. Okay, here you go. This is this is asshole, Babe Hogan.
There you go. That's Beethoven. That was cool. That sounded like um, shoegaze music played. Like it. Um, let's say you bought a shoegaze, like a lush seven inch. Mm-hmm. Like instead of like let's do it forty five. Let's do it like a thirty eight RPMs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. C- current. Yeah. Uh, but kind evocative. Of music for but... Yeah, evocative of earlier stuff as well. Yeah, say love the Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, you know, fan- I enjoyed the program tonight. Me too. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Episode always, 167. A pleasure. We'll for 168 um, ASAP, as yeah. they say. Um, yeah. Maybe next and week. Music podcast music. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm here. All right. Love you, mate. Love you too, Bob. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you.